I'm like, that is not going anywhere. That's going to go back. She can have that acne colored face. (laughs) She looks too old and too beautiful for that photo to get out to anybody. Welcome to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are your host, Tim and Jamie Holloway. And we come at you twice a week, giving you the lowdown on everything. Everything. That sounded juicy. It did. <laughs> you can start. You can start. Uh, you can start. I started last time. Okay, and then. Welcome, everybody, to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are your host, Tim and Jamie Holloway. You already know what this podcast is about. And if you don't, go back and listen to episode one and all the other rare episodes because they're pretty amazing. Yep. Especially Jamie. You are. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So what are we going to talk about today, baby? Okay. So uh, we, I'm actually really proud of myself. We have gotten so good on Instagram. Like really good. Mm -hmm. I... Years ago, was a kind of person who posted the stupidest, dumbest things, and it was like, like what would you post? Like just stupid stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, like kind of like those um, those posts you see when people are like, they're oh my gosh, I'm spacing the word, um, where they're like grasping for someone to respond. Like today sucks. Oh yeah, I totally yeah, I see those. Yeah, yeah. So. I was that kind of person. Or I would post pictures of just like stupid, random, dumb stuff. That was me. <laughs> and then I got to a point, I'm like, this is dumb. So um, I stopped posting altogether. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like a ghost where I was on all the time, but never posted. So you were the Instagram ghost. I was, yeah. And I was thinking of Facebook when I was saying all that. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. going back. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm really switching over to Instagram. I'm on there a lot more. I uh, abandoned social media. I don't know. I was into Facebook a couple years when it came out. And then like five years, I never even logged on. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Definitely like, not when we were together. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> Well, um, the funny thing about, you know, social media was when we begin to start our own business and post on Marketplace and and all these different apps, it trains your brain. Right. It's like doing this gets me money. Doing this gets me money. And so it's like this whole this whole thing that began to happen, you know, in my mind. Yeah. It still does that today because I'm like doing this, doing this might get me money. Doing this might get me money because most of all of our leads come from social media. So it's still programmed in my brain. It's crazy. It is. He's addicted. It's an addiction for him. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Anyways, but yeah, we've gotten so good on posting on Instagram. I typically post three times a day and like I actually just posted something right as we were getting ready to start this podcast. What did you post, my dear? I posted a meme. Don't ask me what it said because I don't even remember. (laughs) Um, Oh, you're funny. But yeah, like I have it looking so good and like I alternate. I do a meme and then I do a a picture and Mm -hmm. yeah. It looks really professional. It does. It looks so good. And I downloaded this app for um, like editing photos because some of our photos are kind of dark. Um, And. 
And I just like bright. Yeah. And so. What's the name of that? Um, light. Lightroom. It's Light like room. a, it's an Adobe product. Um, and so I'm just playing around with that. And I've posted a couple times, hey, just playing around with this and um, just trying to brighten up some of the darker photos that we have. Yeah. So nice. it's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So what was amazing about was that the app that like took all of our daughter's acne away? Or was that a different app? Oh my gosh. No, that was the that that one. Yeah. So if you I can see how people get addicted to like photoshopping, right? Yeah. Because like she literally had acne and then she had none. I'm like, oh my God, I get it now because I didn't understand the Photoshop mentality of putting the best you out there to the world right yeah but when i see that now i get it because yeah i just totally get it now yeah we're still not that kind those kind of people who we're gonna like touch everything up and it, for me it's just like color like how how much brighter can we get this type yeah. thing because yeah. i've always been against filters and all that i just like natural well 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 right <laughs> So yeah, I'm just trying to brighten everything up and it's been fun. But yeah, we did that one of Jay and like she has a lot of acne um, and there's a lot of redness because of it. And so I was playing with this one filter, seeing what it would do. And she went from red, blotchy, acne covered skin to like perfect skin. Yeah. I'm like, that is not going anywhere. That's going to go back. She can have that acne colored face. <laughs> <laughs> she looks too old and too beautiful for that photo to get out to anybody. Uh, yeah. I didn't like it. Totally get that. So, so yeah, we've been playing on Instagram a lot. We've even been doing Insta stories sometimes, and it's been fun. Yep. Speaking of that, you got a message from somebody, right? Is, yes. Was that from Instagram or? Yeah, this was from Instagram. Um, we've had people reaching out to us um, now that we're more active. Um, it was kind of funny. One day, like we didn't post anything or something like that. And this lady reached out. Where are you guys at? I like your stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was funny. Like, it made me feel good. Yeah. So because you never know if people are liking your content yeah, or whatever. Somebody uh, recently went on Facebook and said, hey, there's something wrong with your creating love instagram account we're like whoa people are paying that much attention huh yeah or and they some actually little glitch went or something yeah and we've had people come from instagram over to our facebook page and it's been like really cool so but we had someone reach out to us with a question um and we're not going to give her name um we're going to keep her anonymous but as i was reading this to tim we were like well let's just create a um a podcast that way we're just way more free-flowing when we just talk to each other than if I have to sit down and, like, write it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a way to, like, tag her or, or just send her the link? Huh? Yeah, I'm going to send her the okay. link. Um, well, we're going to send you the link. Yes. So, and I already told her that because I didn't want her to think that we were ignoring her. So, here is the, the message. Hey, guys, I'm reaching out to you for help. I've been married to my husband for 13 years, and we've been together for 19 we were high school sweethearts. Two weeks ago, my dear husband, whom I'm madly in love with, sat me down and told me he is no longer in love with me. My heart felt and still feels like it's been broken into a million tiny pieces. About a year and a half ago, we went to counseling as he lost his mother suddenly and has 
had been taking out his sadness and anger on me, not physically, but emotionally. So as you can assume to hear this, I feel like my life is over. We have two beautiful boys. Nothing I have said changes anything. He tells me it's nothing I did, but he only feels fondly towards me as a friend. He admitted he knows it's him and he's changed somehow. Do you think this can be fixed? He doesn't feel like he'll ever love me like that again, and I'm scared. Please give me whatever advice you can. I'm desperate. He's my world. So, what do you think, babe? You're over there taking a bunch of notes. I am. Um, <clears throat> three things that immediately jumped out on me was she, she's broken over this, right? Yeah. And so this is a major devastation for her. The second thing was life is over and he's my world. So these three um, thoughts give me um, the re reality of the condition. And so my first recommendation is to begin to talk to more people about this because the in her mind, you know, this is this is fact and reality. He was he was and is her world. She's broken and her life feels like it's over. And so these are all signs of really needing to release those emotions, right? So something like powerful happens to us in a relationship, and the worst thing that we can do is stuff it. Yeah. So what I would recommend first off is to not stuff any of that stuff that she's feeling. I mean, she's, she so openly wrote that letter to us, and now I think the next step is to find a couple of people that she trusts and begin to communicate that to somebody in person and just go through the emotions because it, it hurts, right? It's painful. It's, it, it sucks, you know, all these things. But the first thing is just kind of the reality of what is happening. This, this is happening to her, you know, her mate, um, is communicating this to her. Um, she's feeling this way. And, and I don't know if that is like, you know, go punch on a punchy bag, go yell and scream, go talk to a, a pastor, go, you know, scream to your mama. I don't know what that looks like for her, but I would recommend to do that. And, you know, one thing you, you said was find someone safe to talk to. And I kind of think that's important because right now, like if you just go to any old girlfriend and you're talking to her and you're just like, oh. My husband, he's horrible. This is what he's doing to me. You really could get into a bitch fest where <laughs> it's not helpful. It's not beneficial. It's just like, oh, that asshole. How can he do this to you? And blah, blah, blah. And it can, women are notorious for this. You know, you go and you start talking and it's just a bitch fest. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference between that and actually going to someone and saying, this is how I feel. This is why I feel this is this way. Um, I don't like this, like, and they don't necessarily have to say, well, here's the advice you need to, you know, here's advice, or you should do this, or you should do that. It's just the listening. Yeah. Because nobody else can tell you what you need to do in this relationship. That has to come from you. Yeah. Because until you're in that situation, nobody knows what you're, you're d going through and what you're feeling. I mean... Even if they've been through the same situation, they're different people. They have different feelings and different views. 
Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Absolutely. So uh, point number two would be to avoid the bitch fest. <laughs> so yes. get uh, get connected to people that actually um, encourage you, lift you up, give you wisdom and uh, sound advice instead of circling around this complaining thing. Right. And then what what that does is, is it, it, it kind of feeds and grows. And therefore, the negativity that you're feeling is going to increase and grow along with that. And so stepping away from, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and complain to another person, but I'm going to express exactly what it is that I'm feeling and then seek sound advice from people that you trust. Yeah, exactly. That's key. Because once you get into that bitch fest cycle, it just festers and builds the negativity, just like you were saying. And that negativity is going to do nothing for you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to help you. All it's going to do is bring you down. It's going to make you more depressed. And you don't need that right now. You really don't. So my next thing would be to, and this comes from experience, and understand that from the minute your husband communicated to this to you, it started a cycle. And it started you through a process of change and a process of healing, a process of acceptance, and, you know, and all these things. And so as I look back, and this comes from experience that um, that I was in a relationship that infidelity took place and I had to radically face um, some certain things about my life. But what the, the first was the hardest was like actually believing that this is really happening to you. Like, is this really happening to me? And when there's cheating involved, uh, it's a little bit easier to ponder those sort of questions. Is this really happening? You know, and you go around investigating, you know, searching for proof and this, that and the other thing. So she's come to the point that, you know, this is happening to you. Your husband said that he's no longer in love with you. And so the first thing you can do is just like, boom, this is this is the reality of my life right now. Looking back five years ago and when things were good, that is not the reality of your life anymore. That is yesterday. And so understanding like, here's where I am right now. This is what is taking place. And then going to step two, and this is how it makes me feel. I am pissed off. I'm hurt. I'm offended. I'm rejected. This is affecting my self-esteem. I don't feel like, you know, Anything about my life makes sense anymore. And, you know, and just really fine tuning all your thoughts and feeling the emotions. Now, here's what I did. I consumed it with alcohol and buried it and stuffed it. And I actually did that for a couple of years. You know what I mean? After the, the first event took place and, and not willing to face the reality of what was happening and not really willing to feel what was happening to me. Yeah, so you're right. That's good. I'm not even sure what to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. Um, But yeah, you just have to accept it. Like this is where you're at now. If you continually compare to where you were a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, 13 years ago, you're just going to be stuck. Well, why is this happening? You just have to accept this is your now. This is your reality. How, How do you... How do you move on from here? Where do you go from here? What do you do? Yeah. 
So after, you know, you face the reality and you face the feelings, you're going to go through depression and sadness. And this is totally normal. And so that's what I would tell her right right now at this moment is after you accept the reality, you you begin to process all your feelings. Um, it's going to bring you a lot of pain. And it's okay. That's sort of the first thing. It's okay. It's okay to feel alone. It's okay to feel lost. It's okay to feel like your life is over. It's okay to feel all those things. And after that, and this is the, the key magic thing, after that is a renewed sense of self. And that's probably what we're going to talk about here in the next little bit. This might be a two-parter. I don't know. <laughs> but after you come through, like, all the sadness and all the pain. One key thing that you just said right there is come through it. Do not camp out there. Yeah. When you camp out there, that is when issues arise. You'll never get out of it. Yeah. Like, you will be stuck there until you make the choice to get up and move. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a bit. Because, uh, so camping out. Like, the grieving process or the process of going through pain can take a month, a year, five years, ten years. And the choice is totally up to us. Like, for me, I camped out in, in, in step one for two years. Two years. Where all I had to do was begin to process what was happening to me, accept it, actually feel the pain, but I wanted to cap out right there for two years. And so what I would encourage you to do is see this process of what it goes through, what you're going to go through. It's just fact and reality. <laughs> fact and reality. <laughs> JB always teases me about that. Yeah, he likes to say fact and reality, so I tease him about that. <laughs> uh so how long you camp out in each stage is totally up to you, but you are going to go through each stage. Yeah. And so the quicker we come out of denial, begin to process our feelings, begin to go through the sadness, the quicker we get to the other side. And I, I would love to talk about the other side if, if, if you want to, or we can oh, save I that for another to. podcast. I don't know. I don't How long have we been going? So we can camp out at <laughs> step two. Which is just being angry all the time, right? And so you, um, you've you been wrong. Your life is dashed to pieces. There's something, you know, taking place. And, and, and your life right now is not what you wished or hoped it would be. Um, and you can just camp out pissed off at the world. I've seen a lot of women do that. Yeah. It's easy to do. Yeah. And, you know, some people, when they're in that place, they love the attention that they get. Everyone's like, oh, are you okay? What can I do? How can I help you? And, and they just start to thrive on that. And that is not healthy. That is a complete victim mentality, and it's not good for anybody. You have got to get out of that and move on. So the next question is, like, where do you go from here? Like, do you move on to divorce? Do you move on to counseling? Do you try and fix the relationship? Yeah. Like, what do you, where do you go from here? Right. So I just want to touch just a little bit on camping out in step three, what that looks like. Okay. And that looks like um, sedation, drugs, alcohol, um, just trying to do anything you can to feel better about yourself. It leads to um, 
antipsychotics. It leads to antidepressants, you know, all these things. So when you when you're looking at yourself and you're going through these phases, know and understand that there's going to be a temptation there for you to kind of push those things down. And so as you come through there, then you come to the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what we're going to talk about now. So, yes. Um, how do we get there? My first idea would be to um, come join my program at uh, impactchallenge.com. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but really. Good idea. But really, is that you, you shift your focus. So now it's a reality check. You're shifting your focus on um, yourself. Because yeah. here's the fact of the matter. The facts are is that you're not broken and you're not this weak little woman. The facts are that your life is not over and it could be a new beginning. You don't know what's in store for you. And the last fact is, is that he's not your world. And that's kind of the reality uh, of lesson of life that you might need it to learn. So the shift in focus is focusing on building you because here's the fact of reality. He's probably been your world. For 20 some years, 13 years, right? And you've poured all your focus and all your attention on him and building this family and this, that, and the other thing. And what you failed to do was build yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is build the, the, um, the inner world, the mental state, the body, the, um, the sense of identity and purpose and pursuing a passion in this world. Because I can guarantee you that a woman like that is very, very, very attractive. And so somewhere along the, the way, that's probably died. Those things that uh, are building yourself have probably died and probably have rendered you unattractive. Okay, so you said something, and I want you to elaborate on it because I'm sure a lot of people like would completely not agree with it. So you said he is not your world. Go into more depth on that because like when I look at you, like you're my world, you're my life. Um, but, do I need to give you therapy? But, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'll give you some therapy right now. But the difference is, is I don't need you. That's the key. I don't need you. So if you elaborate on that, then you know exactly where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like you can have, your partner should be your world. They should be your life. But you should not need them. You should be in a position in your life where, you know, heaven forbid, you know, your partner were to die. If like, if they left you, like whatever, you could stand on your own two feet and be the amazing human who you are meant to be. That's where I am. Like you're my life. And I would be beyond devastated if you were to die, but I would have the ability to stand on my own two feet and it would not be easy, but I could stand on my own two feet and I could be happy. I could go on without you. Yes. That's, that's all I was saying. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head that part of our identity gets wrapped up in roles and that role is a husband, a wife, a mother, a daughter, sister, you know, all those things. Um, but that's not really who we are. That's kind of what we do and the roles that we play, this, that, and the other thing. And the fact of the matter, roles change. She might be getting a divorce. So her role as a wife is severely changing. So guess what? Part of her core identity is not a wife. 
because after the relationship over, she still is. And yeah. she still exists. And she still lives. Yeah. And so letting go of certain roles and certain things uh, uh, as far as attached to our, our identity is really important. But I can guarantee you that if she focuses on her impact in the world and building herself up, and building her bank account, getting self-confidence, building her body, managing her time, and just doing all these powerful things that make a powerful person, um, she can probably save her marriage if yeah. that's what she wants to do. Yeah. But it takes work on both sides. It doesn't matter what situation you are in. It takes two to tango. You do not have a failed marriage because of one person. Normally. I mean, if you're being beaten, obviously you didn't ask for that. You didn't do anything to deserve it. But in most scenarios, it takes two to tango. So I would say look at you, look at your life, not like in a negative way, but who are you? What do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What brings you happiness? What brings you joy? Just like you've said, focus on yourself and improve yourself because when that happens you become the best you that you can be the thing that attracted you the most to me was the fact that I didn't need you I was independent like touch on that for a minute because if she um is talking a lot about saving the marriage and being needy and clingy and I can't live without you she's going to communicate the exact opposite yeah and it's going to push him farther and farther away from anything so the best thing I can I can tell you is, you know what? Now's the time for him to do him and you to do you. And that is build the best you that you possibly can. If you twist it the other way, you are going to be found so unattractive that you're going to go ahead and continue bringing on the thing that you fear. That's like a really good point, honey. It's a really good point. Um, so, yeah. And even for him, like right now, let him focus on himself. And I'm not saying split up, separate. I'm not saying that. Well, give him the space to be able to work on himself, find himself, discover passions and desires. And you do the same thing, like work on yourself. Like start journaling, start doing yoga, start exercising, start walking. Like start working on yourself. Every area of your life, every area of your impact. Focus on that. Because that is going to build you up. So no matter which direction your marriage goes, you are going to be in a better place. Yeah. You know, um, nothing happens overnight. And especially in a relationship, we don't wake up one day and go, I think I want a divorce. Or no. I think I'm, you know, not in love with my wife anymore. So it's this gradual state in this gradual process of, depreciation and what that is is you know we understand the depreciation of a car a building etc etc but when we're in a relationship a de depreciation starts and it starts when we no longer look and recognize the good in another person and begin to appreciate it and be thankful for it. and so this process has taken place over a period of time where the attraction uh, it sounds like the maybe the sexual part of it has begun to depreciate. And therefore, the value has gone down. And that's why he's willing, as a man, 
to part ways from it because of the depreciation value. So you got to find out of why has this depreciation taken place and uh, begin to work on it on yourself first and begin to build a life that uh, someone would uh, appreciate and even a, a sexual nature that someone would appreciate and all that good stuff. Yeah, you're right. Nothing, nothing happens overnight. And just like you were saying, like, I don't know of any amazing, strong relationship where you're not having sex. I don't know of any relationship that's struggling that has an amazing sex life. They go hand in hand. If you have a good sex life, chances are you have a good marriage. If you don't have a sex life, if it's, you know, the once a month, once every couple months, chances are you don't have a very good relationship. So, like, I mean, look at your sex life. What kind of sex life have you had? How long has it been going on that way? Um, I, I would say right now, like, communication is key. Talk to your husband. Be like, honey, I understand what you're going through. Let's talk about it. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me why you're feeling this way. Okay. And in a non-confrontational manner, say, okay, I feel this way. This is how it makes me feel. Keep communication open. Be like, okay, I can accept this. Let's both work on ourselves. You know, do you want the end result for us to still be together? And if you both want that, make that your end result, but don't push it so hard and become needy and clingy like you were saying and take the time to work on yourselves yeah do little things i I know for me personally now if if i said that i was i'm not in love with you right and that things have changed and the fires died um well the first thing there'd be a lot of warning signs leading up to that yeah and so there's a lot of things to look at that have possibly been ignored. So I think like facing that reality is like, what were the warning signs leading up to this conversation? Like what, uh, what has taken place and just really be honest about that. But after that, it's, um, I lost my train of thought a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> I went to another thought. I was like, Whoo, let me grab that thought. Yeah. Whew. So warning signs <laughs> yeah look at them see you know because you can't change them they're in the past but moving forward you can make better wiser decisions it came the thought came back to me okay so if i'm the man and and we had this scenario this conversation take place and 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 i gave that to you and you decide to process it really quick and understand what was taking place and begin to let out all your emotions, talk to other people, and begin to build your life. And you started heading to the gym. You started getting mental clarity. You started understanding what your passions were. And, and, you, and you begin to just build you. I'm sorry. You'd be unresistible to me. Yeah. I would be back with you in no time because I'm seeing a powerful woman who has a sense of identity and purpose and is pursuing her passions in the world. I'm sorry. It's irresistible. Yeah. And it's not the fact that, Oh, you're going to go to the gym. You're going to lose weight. That's not it. No, it's who you're striving to be. It's like, wow, look at you. You're like 
you're invested in yourself. You care about you. That's attractive. And it's attractive. Yeah. Um, and I had a thought when we were talking. Let me try, I'm going to have to try and get that back because it was something good. Um, but yeah, I would just, you know, have a very frank conversation with your husband and just have it, like, just set some rules up beforehand. Be like, okay, we're going to have a conversation. We're not going to yell. We're not, we're not going to argue. We're not going to accuse each other. We're just going to sit here and have this conversation. Because the moment you start yelling, nothing's going to be accomplished. Yeah. And you both become defensive. Yeah. And you can't be defensive if you want to make things work. Absolutely. So I think the key idea is, you know, after processing your feelings and, and um, coming through, the, you know, the pain and stuff like that, uh, space. I think space is important. And yeah. that's where it's like you do me and I do you. And we're kind of working through things, kind of coexisting for a little bit um, and give space. Yeah. There's nothing you're going to communicate that you are needy and that you can't live without him and that you have no sense of identity if you're constantly invading the space. And that is we need to talk. We need to do something about this. What are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Right. All yeah. these things. And it's going to be counterproductive to achieving, you know, whatever it is that you want, whether it's, you know, a healthy, healthy split or a, a rebuilding of the relationship. Yeah. So in this time frame where you're giving each other your space and you're not constantly harping, you know, every five minutes, we need to talk. We need to talk. What do you think about once a week going on a fun date where there are very strict rules we do not talk about our relationship we don't talk about emotions none of that it's like let's go bowling and just be two people that are friends having fun and and doing something fun yeah absolutely i think that's something that can lead up to if you know both parties are willing i I imagine you're going to be kind of cohabiting in the house for a while and planning things out and you know coming to some sort of conclusions um so I don't, uh, you know, I don't personally see any problem with that. I just think that um, the goal should be to focus mm-hmm. on yourself. So what, what I would recommend would be whatever your passion is, go take a class. Yeah. You want to go dance. You want to go hiking. You want to take karate. You want to um, uh, take a yoga class. You want to do whatever it is. Go do you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah. So the thought came back to me. And in this time, you know, when you're talking to your friends about your emotions, you don't have to talk to every single friend. You don't have to go blab to the whole world. This is what's going on. Find one or two safe friends. And I would not recommend your mother. Because if you guys keep this relationship, if you guys split, your mother is going to have feelings towards (laughs) your husband. Yes. Like, I have actually heard women that refuse to talk to their mother about anything negative about their spouse because they are going to take those feelings on. That is your child. I'm sorry if my daughter comes to me and says, my boyfriend or my husband is an ass and he's doing this and that. I'm be like, you're doing what mother, you know, like <laughs> I am going to have my mama bear come out and I'm send my child. But don't blab to everyone. Find one or two safe friends 
Because when you retell and retell and retell this story over and over and over again, it's consuming you. So find one or two safe people. Well, I think that is a powerful, powerful advice. Um, I would just bring it around to couples who see the warning signs, things are dying, this, that, and the other thing. That you can you can bring it back alive by being the best you that you can be. Yeah. And the way that you come together and be a powerful couple is that you focus on building yourself first, which is highly, highly um, sexy and admirable and all those good things that um, that's really the key. Yeah. To building success. It is. It's good. If you can build a great you, then you can build a great marriage. Well, and if you want a great marriage, you can't have one without having a great you. Yeah. Because if you've got issues inside of yourself, those issues are going to carry over into your marriage. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason you and I have a great marriage is because we are really good individually. Mm-hmm. And so being good individually, we come together and it's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And even if it's just one of you that's like really good by yourself, you come together in that relationship and your partner is going to suck that out of you mm-hmm. and you're going to become dry. So you both have to be good. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome advice. I, uh, I hope this helps you in a, a positive fashion. I do ask and request that if you have any more questions, please let us know on Instagram and um, we will continually um, be here to support you in the way that we know how. Exactly. So, and if anyone out there has any questions, wants advice, like whatever, hit us up on Instagram. Um, I'm on there quite a bit, so I will respond to you. I might not respond with advice in the message, um, but I will let you know, hey, we're going to do a podcast. Just because that's, I'm a refiner. I'm not good at just like writing something out, but Tim and I talking together, it's like really good. So, More than likely, we'll end up doing a podcast answering your question. We'll keep you anonymous, um, and we'll send you the link so you can hear what we would have to say. Awesome. Well, we look forward uh, to being back at you again, and thanks for, um, for following us, and we ask you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Yes, and finding us on Instagram, it's creating love together. 